the audio improves after 45 seconds. Three, two, one. Is that better? Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. There we go. And the timer is running. Johnny has to chat with someone in 33 minutes about a business opportunity. Very <laughs> Vegas thing. It's because yeah. one of his distant uncles in Nigeria <laughs> has recently, unfortunately, passed away with a legacy of 12 million Nigerian dollars. And I, the weirdest thing is, I set, so he emailed me and said, need your bank details now, please. And I sent him my bank details and... I haven't had the money through. Strange. It's all right. I've got a Zoom call there to talk about the details of why. And speaking of that, we're going to talk about what things we personally track. So we did a quick pause. There's a hum in the background. I think it's my laptop fan. It's having a moment. Let me shut some stuff down. Is that any better? Oh, massively better. Okay. That is incredible. I think we should <laughs> chop together those two bits. Of what, the, the befores and after? A little intro that's just, don't worry, the audio improves after 45 seconds. Three, two, one. Is that better? I think people in their cars will have just wet their pants a little bit at the upgrade in audio. The butteriness. Mm. So we did a... Actually, we do have some Instagram questions. Although that's a, I mean, we do, a, actually. I'm really throwing you in it there. but So... Okay. I was just going to ask you, would you rather piss yourself in public or shit yourself? And these are, I realise it's awful language that I'm reading. So this is, as the person's person. We are blameless. It. Yeah, Someone completely else. blameless. I wouldn't have written if he hadn't written, if he hadn't have, I wouldn't have read it if he hadn't have written, written no. it. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, you know who you are. Client of ours, who's a personal trainer who you to live with Chris would you rather <laughs> piss yourself in public or shit yourself in private but have to wait one hour before cleaning it up wow it's quite a well thought out question it. it is well you, thought out you have a thing about poo don't you yeah I don't want to I, yeah I don't want to be in your own bits your own poo for an hour that's a long time yeah I suppose it's yeah a full poo as well not just like a little like free poo <laughs> like a yeah uh, and that's just in your trousers yeah terrible Fair. but p yeah p yeah the thing is if you're in public when you piss yourself you've got to go and deal with you're not going to be able to instantly sort that out because you're in public you've got to get home haven't you yeah that is true whereas in, i think uh, like i wear dark colored trousers most of the time anyway so right people so there's the hack to always be ready for it always wear dark colored trousers lewis is going to come back next week and say ah but you have to be wearing gray jockey yeah bottoms. all right lewis <laughs> if you want me to poo myself on my own at home that's what you're going to get and i'm going to ring you for the one hour 
say I've pooed myself, Lewis. You're going to have to be on a Zoom call with me, Lewis, for the entire time. Yeah. So, Yusuf, tell me, on a weekly basis, what do you personally pay attention to? What do you track? Do you track your sleep? Do you track your steps? Do you track the work you do? Do you mm. track the hours you work? This is funny because I used to be very heavily tracky. I was a very tracky kind of person. And I would track macros, time, body weight charts all the time, like sleep quality, just as much and heart rate, all as much data as I could. I slowly realized that if anything, the data and the conclusions you get from it are lagging relative to how you felt at the time. Like you feel stressed and you look at your heart rate over the last week and it's a hundred average and you're like, oh God, that's high. But I knew that because I've been feeling stressed and I'm sleeping badly. You look fat in the mirror and then you're like, oh, I've gained a bit of weight. Okay. So now some concept that I've come around to, and this is huge, is (sighs) it sounds really wanky because I get annoyed when people are like, I know my body and but the subjective sense of feeling is already taken into account thousands if not tens of thousands of variables and it's codified them into a single gestalt into a single feeling of yes this is where i'm at right now it's just like a hunch isn't it it's like having a hunch that's just your brain in the background with all all its little data scientists doing its thing and finding what needs to be relevant and turning it into a, a feeling at the end of the day and this is why expert traders they once they've learned all of the processes and they've done all the technical analysis and fundamentals and everything eventually they can look at a chart and just be like oh buy oh sell and they can't explain or articulate why but it just that's what it is and it's because their brain's doing all the processing under the hood so my conclusion for that to answer your question is you have to have a grounding in tracking first and paying attention to these things and then eventually you get to the point where you can operate on a feeling or on intuition and it's not really intuition it's just pattern recognition so the same way that someone who's been 15 weeks into a bodybuilding diet to loot to get shredded will be able to look at a potato and say that's 110 grams (laughs) i used to when i was an auditor you'd be out on at this business's head office for weeks analyzing all the numbers down to a a fine detail and the partner would come out to chat to you and discuss the work and you'd be thinking like oh god this is the high risk area this is the area where there's lots of been lots of stuff going on this year and you just sit and hold the accounts between finger and thumb and just go so this line here and it's just it's just this sense of i've seen so many of these before i just I, i can't tell you why but i just have this I'm drawn to this thing in this business. Have a bit of a sniff of the paper. Yeah. yeah. Listen to the Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, so, so basically what you're saying is you don't track anything. Now, the only thing I track are the things which are very low friction to track. And I don't really do anything with the data at this point. So screen time. Yeah. Just because it you tracked can't, anyway. Yeah, it's tracked anyway. Yeah. When you look at it and you go, oh, it's a bit high. I'm going to just make a conscious effort to to reduce that. If that doesn't work, then I start introducing more and more um, mechanistic kind of ways to, like, more mechanical ways to stop that. But the rest of the time, I think because of the way my life's set up, if I've got night shifts and I'm underslept, I know that I'm underslept and I'm doing everything I can 
to sleep more. But sleep tracking will just tell me that I'm underslept. And I'm like, I know genius. Yeah. What I'm trying Leave to me alone. <laughs> yeah. So that I used to be even more tracky, to use a technical term, than Yusuf. And I think I am still more tracky. But there was Yusuf's ordering video, basically, it just put a question to me, which was, I was just sat there thinking, actually, you know what? I don't know. And that was just, what are you going to do with the information? So I, I think the reason we're talking about this, so we've already done a business one. So I, I'd sat down and chat to Alex about the numbers that you should track for business. And that is a bit different, right? Because there's lots of things going on. And ultimately, you do need to keep a handle on some key stuff. Otherwise, it can trend in the wrong direction. You want to make sure that what you're doing is moving the right needles. But the oh, my keys falling out my tracksuit bottom. <laughs> All the effort with meticulous sound and then metal, a collection of metal keys. <laughs> but I think a lot of personal trainers, and we have both been guilty of this, track loads of stuff. Track your steps, your HRV, your resting heart rate, your like strength metrics, sleep metrics, steps, calories, protein, sugar intake water intake, meditation hours. Like there's all these things that you track. And in useless video where he's reviewing the aura ring, he just said, what are you, you've got all this stuff. What are you going to do with it? And then at the very end of the video, he says, we're at the point in science where we know that actually, if you eat relatively single ingredient foods and, you know, don't gain weight or lose weight. And if you get enough sleep, if you meditate and you exercise, you're doing the right things. So it's not about trying to finesse it. I think the only exception to this stuff is in certain circumstances tracking something that either it's important to maintain it so it's like a box that you should tick every day and it's actually quite easy to not tick the box or something where subjectivity can be very unreliable so there's two examples of this there's basically only two things that i think i would say i i, I personally track with a third slight add-on so i do track my daily steps the reason I track my daily steps is if I'm trying to make a calorie decision, and I also track my calories, but I, to be honest, I just, it's a separate thing. If I'm not tracking my steps, I would easily, some days would be 5,000, some days would be 12, some days would be 1,000. So it's it makes making decisions of am I losing weight at the right rate or not quite difficult to do because there's so much noise going on around me. If I just let my lifestyle dictate how many steps I do on a daily basis, it's not consistent. Okay. And... I track steps as well, but that's the, I think the reason I didn't mention that is because, so for you, you have a body composition goal at the minute. Yeah, so I see. It's relevant. Okay. It's one of the relevant inputs. For me, I track steps just because I know that step count is inversely correlated with being a twat. There's days when I'm like 60 steps and I'm like, oh, I'm such a twat today. But then yeah, I see. If you get and you've only done 60 steps, right? Yeah. It's not a surprise to you. There was an argument that St I heard Steve Hall made, which I'd never really thought about like this before, which is if you are dieting, so this is relevant for your clients as well. If you're dieting, you will find that left to your own devices, your step count will naturally decline across a 15 week diet. If someone is just left to do whatever they want to do and there's no management over this, you end up actually in a situation where in order to maintain the same rate of weight loss and the same calorie intake, you have to add cardio in. Because all you're doing is your step count is declining across 15 weeks. Because that's just, you know, naturally your energy is lower. You want to move less. You're less fidgety. So I think having something like a step tracker or an activity tracker is useful in that respect. The other thing is, which is a very recent thing for me, which is bar speed, which is a very, but it's something I've learned a lot from it is I will do a set 
and I'll think, oh, that was way, that was way too hard. Like I need, that was an RP eight. I'll stop. Look at the numbers. As much as I don't want to hear it, it wasn't an RP eight. It was actually exactly the same as the first set. I just, my, the mental talk going like time, you've done enough now. So those are the only two. So things that I can easily drop the ball on on a daily basis. And you could include, conclude sleep in that, but sleep, go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time, try not to have caffeine before you, like don't have a double espresso, then go to bed. Yeah. Do sensible stuff. This is it that like, if you assume that you're not going to be lying to yourself and that you're going to be a sensible enough person, then what gets measured gets managed. And you know that if you are tracking your steps just by your phone automatically does it, then you're aware that you've not done many steps. And then you're like, oh, the number's going to be low. So I'll just try and bump it up a bit. Just an internal nudge. Mm -hmm. It's nothing that's too too precise. But the other aspect of that is the second order effect. And so I, I had a string of night shifts this week and all of the medical wards that I work on are on the seventh floor. So I was like, right, during these shifts, I'm not going to use the lift at all. And so it nice. just means that every time you have to run a blood test down or whatever, you're just going down seven floors and back up. And you, you accumulate a lot more steps. And the, the reason I did that was because of listening to George McGill on the second, on his return episode on Modern Wisdom, talking about the, the first order effect of walking up some stairs is that you get a bit tired. The second order effect is that you get into better shape and you drill the mental attitude towards leaning into discomfort and choosing the hard option. So it's like, okay, so on a 13 hour night shift, like you're already in a bit of a like looking for the path of least resistance kind of mood. And so to be like, no, I'm going to take the stairs. Don't care. Uh, It forces a better approach to to your life and and by tracking it you can you like i'm being watched by my phone just leading from that it comes back to the question of what am i going to do with the data and i think the answer is you the best way to deal with information like that like generally i don't walk enough i'm very sedentary you need these kind of principles and if this then that rules in your life that just take care of that forever so it's okay i'm largely very sedentary Whenever I'm working in this scenario, whenever I like go to the shops or whenever I need to go somewhere, I'll just walk. And then it it just takes care of it. And you don't need to think about, oh God, I need to track this number and oh, I need to go out for a walk at 10 p.m. to hit my step goal. That's, you're getting so engrossed in the data that it leads to these kind of, this weird life and these weird decisions rather than just changing permanently. Yeah, that's a good point that we have, the data collection is only really one step of that whole loop. And Mm -hmm. if you can fix it without having to get into the nitty gritty by just, introducing nudges into your life like for me for example the one we talked about on the life hacks episode is that i've got an app on my phone that goes off every hour just with a very quiet boom (laughs) and just to remind you to breathe deeply or to stand up straight depending on the the noise and by doing that you just like just a little nudge don't have to worry too much about it because you know that's going to take you to the goal long term now what johnny just alluded to there is the cost of tracking now Mm. just because you're wearing a fitbit and you've got all this stuff that's being tracked for you doesn't mean that it comes without cost there is a bandwidth aspect to this and if you're trying to manage 20 variables at once 
it's going to weigh on your mind. And if you're trying to do something with that all the time, it may well be that all 20 of those variables are things that you want to influence and things that you want to improve on over time. But if you're going to do that, do them in sequence. Do it. Pick one thing and nail it for a month. Learn what were the key inputs for you that you needed to get on top of it. And by the end of the month, it'll be a pretty automatic habit anyway. And then you can move on. And by the end of the year, you've done 12 consecutive experiments that have optimized for a certain thing. And you've probably got quite a lot of the afterglow of all of those effects rather than trying to do them all at once and just having a like messy head and stressful life. Because unless the goal is like to learn a new language or something like that, unless it's a project with a defined end point, the goal of most things that people track is like, well, I want to do this forever. So I want to improve my sleep or I want to meditate or I want to read or I want to journal. It's like, you don't want to just do that for eight days or hit a 30 day streak because that's what James Clear says in Atomic Habits and then never do it again. So like, if I'm going to do this forever, what are the ways that I can just set up my day so that it just happens forever? And then I don't need to track my habits. It's what are you tracking your habits in the first place? It's to remind you to install a behavior until it's installed. And you don't track brushing your teeth or putting your clothes on. There's plenty of things that just happen you, you automatically. Could, but why? <laughs> what would be the point? Yeah. So I, th- I suppose that that is the question. Like it's when you think of things in that way, for me anyway, that was like, oh, well, fair enough. It makes the, me feel stupid. The solution rather than tracking, brushing your teeth, rather than saying, oh, I'm going to set a timer and all this stuff is find the, the easiest low friction nudge that doesn't. So get one of those electric toothbrushes that buzzes every 30 seconds and then turns off after two minutes. Mm-hmm. You don't, then you don't have to Done. worry about any of that stuff. Yeah. The, the other point I think was if you're Ben Greenfield and you're living this like super optimized life where you can really, you can benefit from making subtle changes to, I don't know, your like certain peptides in your body and levels of glute medius activation and all this stuff, then great. Okay. But otherwise it's not worth really worrying about. And the big one that I think a lot of young men worry about and older men is testosterone. Now, I've had clients that have been really worried about their testosterone and then they get it checked and it's above normal. <laughs> and it's okay, what were you concerned about there? It's not actually your testosterone serum test number. It's your ability to gain muscle and lose fat. I was in the best shape of my life when I got my hormone panel done and my testosterone was lower than the reference range. But I didn't really, I wasn't too bothered because it's why am I interested in having high testosterone is to be able to gain muscle and lose fat. And I didn't have a problem doing that. There we go. It's yeah. People are looking for like a, you're tracking something because you think it's relevant. You're tracking something because you think it gives you a, an out or it means that there might be a supplement you can take that's going to fix it all when actually it was fine anyway. And it comes back to, okay, what do I need to do? I need to like make sure I eat enough protein. All right, well, how do I make that automatic? I need to train four days a week. How am I going to make that automatic? I need to drink enough water, get enough sleep. It's like, okay, I could try Tribulus for 30 days, or I could just do the, the simple shit for... So that just to wrap up with a... Because we're almost up against a very finite time window. Wrap up with a ridiculous story. A, a good friend of ours called Ben and I did a habit challenge where we were incrementally adding habits every single week and scoring ourselves against each other. So we set up a spreadsheet. If you did a habit, you got two points. If you did a scaled version, you got one. If you missed a habit, you got minus two. And it was all about who got the most score across a week. And what this, this ended up with two ridiculous situations. One of them was me. I went on a holiday to Scotland with my girlfriend and I drove to Scotland with a blender 
in the car and bags of spinach so that I could make my green smoothies each morning so that I didn't miss a day. One of Ben's habits was to have a banana every day. I'm not sure why. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> he realized at midnight, so like on the boundary of when it was valid that he didn't have any bananas in the house, he was in Cambridge at the time visiting his girlfriend, didn't know where the nearest supermarket was. So he drove around, sent me a WhatsApp driving around Cambridge looking for a banana at 1am. And that's the the cost of, of tracking. If you let it, if you just let it run unchecked, you find yourself like doing twenty things for a morning routine that takes three hours. And you're like, well, hold on, like, what am I doing this for again? Where have I found myself? I really respect that in that he's able to stay stupid. Like he makes a decision and then sticks to it no matter what. Like despite, but the problem is like staying stupid. You can't start stupid. Like picking a to say. I'm going to eat a banana every day. That's a stupid thing to lock yourself into doing. Especially when there's no flexibility. If I don't eat a banana, big problem. Indeterminate benefit as well. I don't see what he's achieving with it, but... That's a separate problem. Maybe he's got a very precise reason for it. I think he thought it was good for digestion. Very very finite, but he wasn't measuring his bloods. (laughs) So I think the lesson from all of this, if there is one, is... It's very, I think it's especially in the land of internet entrepreneurship, it's very easy to get tracked, like swept, because I've been swept, like fully swept and, and locked in a room down at the bottom of the rabbit hole for years of you need all these metrics to improve yourself. When actually like, it doesn't really, you don't really get anything from it. And when, as you said at the start, you wake up in the morning and you think, how do I feel today? Like that information is just as good as what you would get from, or more accurate in fact, than what you would get from a whoop band or an aura ring, or a Fitbit, or any of these things that are going to try and tell you, well, your HRV is this, and your resting heart rate's this, and you probably know what you need to be doing anyway. So a way to just clear up a ton of bandwidth is just not in, indulge yourself in, in any of these things. They're often a way to mask the, I kind of know what I should be doing anyway, and I'm avoiding doing that, because I think my aura ring told me my HRV was low, so I'm not going to train today. Is, really, is that the right thing? This is it. The fundamental problem with all of that is self-honesty. Yeah, And so you've got to be honest with yourself first, even in the act of tracking or the act of doing anything. And if you're interested in more on that, actually, have a listen to, God, it's really old now, but our podcast with Paul Mort about, <laughs> I think it was called yeah. Stop Lying to Yourself. And it's recorded yeah. back in 2015, but it is a fantastic episode. That's on the fitness podcast. Yep. Yeah. Short and sweet. Okay, bye then. Okay, bye then. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. 
If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.